to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus by a new and living way which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. Amen. And having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Amen. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience Hallelujah. and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promise. And I would like to speak to you this morning on the thought unwavering faith. Amen. Unwavering faith. And uh, I'm going to ask Brother McKeown if he would pray this morning as we enter into the word of the Lord, and uh, if you would just lift your hearts and ask God that he might help us to receive his word here this morning. Brother McKeown. Father, we come to you today with anticipation, a desire to know of you more than we have, Lord, that by your word today we can learn your will and your purpose for our lives. We ask the anointing upon the message of God that we speak your words unto our hearts that we can have changed hearts and minds walk with you day by day, that you would inspire him and inspire us to receive your word, that we might be pleasing in your sight, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Unwavering faith, and I'll, uh, I'll ask uh, that uh, Brother Long or whoever is back there, if they would be ready to put up those scriptures again as we need them. We're just going to kind of go through them here this morning. But this, uh, this thought here really uh, was so, I guess, reinforced uh, yesterday. I uh, attended uh, the memorial service for Frank Trent, our elder that passed away a couple of months ago. There's just a uh, graveside service with his family and a couple of others and uh, his his sons and uh, one of them Frank Jr. we baptized uh, him also but they commented on uh, their father of course honoring their father and uh, mentioned uh, you know how much he was he enjoyed and he was connected with our church here for the last several years in his elder years. And I you you can't necessarily understand the significance of a person's life and what it means and how you connect to them until you're standing there realizing that that person has crossed that line. Mm -hmm. And that line which all of us one day will cross. Alright? Unless we're raptured, of course. All right. That well. is a distinct possibility as we move into the closing quarter of 2020. Yeah. But uh, if you would, uh, Brother Long, if you would 
put the, there's a photo of our of us baptizing Brother Trent. Knows where it's at, yeah. But I was just reminded how quickly time passes. That was Easter Sunday, 2013. And you see, uh, I think most of us, the majority of us here today, certainly, we understand, I, I believe, the significance of uh, our faith and what it means to us, and especially taking that really big step, and it is the biggest step, I tell people, the most important and the biggest step that you will ever make in your life is right here. Yeah. It is being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. Now, uh, you know, to some it, that may be a topic of debate. To me, it's non-negotiable. I believe it to be the most important thing that you could ever do in your entire life. All right. In fact, I will go a step further, and I believe that the most important thing that I can do and the most valuable thing that I can do as a person is to persuade someone else of the necessity of the new birth experience. Right. Yeah. And part of that, of course, is somehow what is the correct way of having the blood atonement applied to one's life. Come on, amen. To me, there is no doubt. And to me, it is, after my baptism, the most important thing in my life, the most important thing that I could do is to help somebody experience, see that, and obey the scriptures according to what we believe is the message of salvation. And so, standing there yesterday, I was reminded, okay, and this may be just kind of a of a talk here this morning. Right. I just felt so strong. But I was reminded, GK, you had a part. The most important part. Okay? You had a part in helping this man face eternity. by helping him to understand of the need of his salvation. Right. And that's why, as a church, that's why we're so very, very strong. And because the Bible, we, the Bible tells us that when, when a sinner repents, when a sinner repents, the angels do their happy dance. I don't understand it, but you, that, that's what it says. It says, the angels rejoice over a sinner, over one person coming to repentance. And I've always kind of tossed this out there. If the angels do that over a sinner repenting, what does the church do when a person is baptized 
in the yes. only saving name given under heaven whereby we must be saved. What is the church's reaction when a person is buried and come out of that water with the blood of Jesus Christ covering, washing, remitting, casting away all of their sins as if they never occurred. What is, I'll tell you what my reaction is. My reaction is every time I baptize somebody, I feel like that I need to get rebaptized again because if I were to be baptized a second time, I guarantee you I know what it's all about. <laughs> yeah. And I, I wanted to remind you, the church, that when everything that we do, everything that we do, it is to lead up to one more soul, 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 having and experiencing the new birth, repenting of their sins, that is something they do. Okay, understand? Repentance, only you can do. Right. See it? Right. You know, in Genesis, when it says that the Lord repented, that he made man, okay? And then repentance is carried all, all through the word of the Lord, but the word repent literally comes from, God said, I'm going to destroy man. The word repentance really has a root meaning from destroying evil. So when you, when I repented of my sins, and when I continue to repent of my sins, what I'm doing is, is that I'm reaffirming my commitment to God that I am against evil, which is sin. All right, come on. And I am, by the grace of God, I am dedicated to destroying evil. That's repentance. Yes. And only God in you know your heart. But then, our responsibility is to baptize. And then God's responsibility, I can't do either. Only God can fill them with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You understand? I can't. Sometimes we like, we, we try. We try really hard. Right? We try to pour it in. No, 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 no. Let it rain. Let it rain. Let it rain. Let it rain. When the heart is right, then God will fill people with the Holy Ghost if they are sincere in their seeking to please Him in all ways. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. And so I, I, wanted, I wanted to remind you that you have a part. You have, you have a part. In Frank's yes, eternity. Amen. That's right. 
And when we baptize somebody back there, and please, well, no, no, I'm not going to say don't. You know, you can take this any way I guess you want it, but that's why I, as a preacher, as a minister, as a Christian, okay, I don't understand it when people's priorities go out the door instead of the baptismal tank. To me, it's like, whoa, <laughs> there, there's, some, there's something out of balance here. You understand what I'm saying? Because how important was your baptism? Amen. How important was your baptism? And I want to show another photo. And I'm not going to comment about it. Those that know it will understand the significance. They recognize the photo? unwavering faith. I want it's important that you and I understand that and we're going we're gonna to go through those scriptures again but it's important for us to understand that this new birth experience and especially baptism in the name of Jesus Christ for the mission, it is your absolute 100%, 100% your evidence by obeying the gospel. I want you, I want us to understand that, that not only does scripture say that we have boldness, 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 but it is your legal document, all right, that is going to get you Amen. to your eternal abode. It's like this. How many of you have life insurance policies? How many, how, how many of you believe that those life insurances will pay Huh. Right? How many of you believe him? I guarantee he does. He sells them. He knows that they will pay. They will. Listen. Beyond doubt. Beyond doubt, folks. Beyond yeah. doubt. If I could hold up my new birth, my new birth certificate this morning, I assure you, beyond doubt, not only it, will it and it does bring me the abundant life now, present, moment by moment in this life, faith, assurance, overcoming, enduring, persevering, doing against everything, 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 but it is my legal document 
that I will walk through heaven's door one day. And it's not because of my good works. It's because that I have faith in the blood atonement that Jesus Christ offered one time only on the cross of Calvary. His blood was so perfect. His life was so perfect. The plan of God was so perfect that it seals my eternity and I don't have to doubt it. There should be no doubt in my mind. Just as certain as I am that my life insurance policy is valid, it will pay. My eternal life insurance, my faith assurance, it is valid. It is sealed, not only by the blood, but it is sealed by the power of the Holy Ghost, Christ within me. It will persevere in this life, and it will take me out of this life. It's valid. It is an absolute. And I know there's always, you know, that's that's the adversary. The adversary. He he puts, you know, you whatever, you you know, you say something the wrong way, or you do something wrong, and boingo. Seed of doubt comes. Uh oh. No, 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 no. No. You have an advocate. Okay? In other words, you have a defense attorney that is both defense attorney and judge. We're going to look at that here in just a moment. But oh, if there is any. You understand? There is nothing more important. There's nothing more important that I could even try to persuade you in this morning other than that life is short. The decisions that you make for life after this life is the most important thing in this life because there is an eternity. Your soul within you is, is only housed inside this flesh. Your flesh will die. Your spirit will never die. It will live on. And you have to get it to the place we call heaven. You, I, I've got, listen, I, I, I really, my heart goes out to folks that believe that this is the best that there is. No, no, no. Life, you and I are spiritual beings. You understand? We are spiritual beings. We are created in the likeness of our Creator. I have my Father's DNA, both naturally and spiritually. But... Man was never created, all right, to suffer, to be at war. Man was not created by the design of God. 
to punch each other in the face and kick each other and pull each other down and burn and riot in the streets and, and have animosity toward one another. That was never God's plan. The, the, the plan that you see in the streets, the plan that tears down and destroys, that is the plan of evil. That is your adversary. That is the one that tries to get your mind off the things that are absolutely priority in life. And that is your soul. Where will you spend eternity? Is this God real? Is the gospel for real? Do I really need to understand what is going on in the world today according to the Bible? Yes, yes, and yes. It's real life. It's real life. And it, my faith assurance. Come on, amen. It's good. It's going to pay. Yeah. Yes. Amen. It's going to pay. And so, with that, real quickly, verse number 19 boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Imagine, if you will. Some may not understand what, where I'm going here, but the holiest of holies, the holiest of holies, only one person could get through there one time a year. And he was for fear of his life. But behind that veil, behind that curtain, was the Shekinah, the glory, the presence of God Almighty. And that was where the mercy seat was. Now imagine, imagine if you could, imagine... That, that was all symbolically of the perfect that was to come, the gospel. Imagine if you could enter with boldness into the presence of Almighty God. Would your world change? Imagine if you had access. Imagine if there was a God that created the universe and loved you so much that He came down in the form of one of us and gave His life so that you and I could have available access into His presence. Would it be a life changer for you? Yes, it is a life changer. Imagine if you could have access 24-7 to the very presence of the Almighty God that created the universe. Come on. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And so, the author is saying, hey, there's a new way. Jesus went behind the curtain. And when He did, the curtain was torn from the top to the bottom. And He said, now we have a new and living way. In other words, Jesus went behind. He was both the sacrifice. He was the high priest. He went behind the curtain. He opened the door. He never left the room. And He left the door open. He went where nobody could go. He went behind the curtain. And then He tore down that curtain. And then He left the door open. Hallelujah. Praise God. He left the door open. Do you know if the Jewish nation believed that? Do you know what kind of a wow? Do you know what kind of power that would bring to that country? Yeah. 
because they understand the symbol, the symbolism of, of that curtain and the, and the Ark of the Covenant and everything. Imagine if they would believe that Jesus Christ was the Messiah that went behind that curtain and that's why it tore. They would be the evangelistic force of the globe because they get it. By a new living way which He, Jesus, consecrated for us through His flesh. And now, verse 21, now we have a high priest over the house of God and the Bible says that He is our high priest. I'm, I'm a pastor. I'm a preacher. I'm several things, right? But I am not. I am not your high priest. You trust me. I got imperfections. I found one a couple of months ago. <laughs> Understand? Is it? That's why this thing is so sacred. That's why it's so powerful. Because. When I have something in my life yes. that it is too spiritually, it's too intimate for me to try to, to get common man to understand. I don't have to go to the, the wooden box, you understand? Is it I go, Brother Ali? I, I go directly to my high priest. Mm -hmm. And here's the deal his priesthood is unchangeable. When he went behind the curtain, he took the seat because he is mercy and flesh. He sits on the mercy seat. It's called today the throne of grace. All right, amen. And there will never be a time, there will never come a time in your life if you believe this. There will never, there can never be a time in your life, no matter what you do, that you cannot go directly to the throne of grace while the dispensation of grace Amen. is still alive and well. That's the church age. You can never do anything bad enough to where you cannot enter in and you cannot fall upon the mercy seat because Amen. it is Christ that sits on the mercy seat and He will never tell you no. His, His answer will always be yes. And that's why that my Listen, this is the profession of your faith. Listen, I would like to think, I'm not a rookie in this thing anymore. Okay, I'm a professional. I'm not a rookie. I know what we mean. Listen, I have played a few hard games of wins and losses. But what I do know is that when I am at a loss, 
I go directly to the throne of grace. And He always lifts me up. He never casts me down. He always lifts me up. And when I am in a winning situation, it's what we do. We lift our hearts to Him. And I say, thank you, Jesus, for life's victories. Thank you, Lord. You cannot lose. can't lose. I've got a lesson sometime I'm going to teach. Born a loser, live a winner, die a saint. All right. You can't lose. Brother Marcus, you can't lose. You understand? I cannot lose. The only way that I lose is that my heart becomes hard and pride enters into my heart and I find myself instead of humility that I become prideful and I say, sorry God, I really don't need you today. All right, come on. That's the only way we lose. It's the only way. And Paul says with boldness, he says in church, he says, I want you to know that you... Come on. You... Well, you got to be bold. Yeah. Why would it be anything less? Knowing I got, I got to certificate. Yeah. I, I, I'm covered by the blood. marriage it works through child raising it works through job performance and careers it works through health issues it works death in the families it works It's unwavering. There's no reason for it to change. He says, and here we go, he says, and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, knowing what you know. That's why they, that's why that, and then the next verse says, and forsake not the assembling of yourselves together, in the manner of such is even more as the day approaches. In other words, that's why one of the reasons I'm here today, um, I want to provoke you, man, like, Arr. I do. Sure, come on. I, I do. That provoke, that word provoke, that means to irritate you. That means to stir you up. That means to... Uh, you know, to get your attention, that means that, that you want something more than what you have today. That means that those little doubt, those seeds of doubt, that mean they need to disappear. Why? Because there is entirely a possibility that you may be the Esther of our generation. You may well be whatever it is, the Gideon or whatever it is. 
You know, now Paul is preparing the people to accept the idea that the faith chapter, the hall of faith chapter is on its way. But first he says, you need to understand though, that you need to have unwavering faith. That's what these folks have. You need to have boldness. You need to have assurance. You need to understand that what Jesus did for you is not about how good or bad that you are. It's about how great He is. It's about what He did for you. And it's about all i got to do is take it, receive it, and live for Him with all of my heart. Amen. Amen. Got provoked. Right? Provoked to what? Love and good works. See, people don't... If, if the world really understood the church, they'd be joining us. Because we don't tear things down. We build things. We're builders. And where does it start? It starts right here. It starts... Listen, why am I so adamant? Why am I so, you know, uh, sold on the house of God? Well, let me think about Oh, well, it was the place that I was saved. So I kind of like going back to that place. Right? I kind of, yeah, it's a place I was baptized. It's a place I was built. Imagine that. Wow. Why do I come to the house of God? Well, kind of important for me because I believe in eternity. But... But look, but look, consider one of the provoking to, to love. I like to use it in, in the, the analogy that, you know, that everybody's got a star on their head. Everybody's a Mercedes Benz. Okay? You're a Mercedes, you got the star. Back in the day, you know, before Mercedes became so popular when they were a thing, right? Buddy, they, they stole those stars on the hoods. They stole them. We were handing them out and selling them like candy because they were a thing. Yeah, you know, every, everybody is a Mercedes. Everybody's got a star on their head. You're not some broke down hustle. <laughs> That's right. You're not an. You are not one of those old American motor gremlins. You are a Mercedes. You got a star on your head. You are, in fact, a good person. But don't try to go through life without experience and life more abundantly. He wants to increase. He wants to add value to your life. He wants to add. He never wants to take away. He wants to add. You got a good marriage going, he'll make it better. You got a good job, he'll make it better. You want to have better health, he'll make it better. He'll do it all. I'm convinced of it. Why? Because I am a professional. I am not a rookie. He has showed me. He has proven it. Time and time again. All through my life. 
And it's true. I do have a resting heart rate. In the 40s. Come on. It's unheard of. I know. I, when my pulse gets up to 75, watch out. In fact, that's probably where it's at right now. And the good works, good works, good works. Understand, we are not in tearing down business. We want people, I want you to be better than me. I want you to become more than whatever I am, which is not a whole lot. But I'm telling you, uh, my desire is for you to be the most successful spiritually and naturally that you can possibly be. Why? Because I believe it's the plan of God. Amen. 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 Come on. Come on. Hallelujah. Exhorting one another. I don't like her. I don't like them. Exhorting one another. <laughs> Brother Jay, I really think you're a great guy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right? Exhorting one another. That's why we come. That's why we pray. That's why, because we believe in the miraculous. We believe that Jesus Christ, when he ministered for the three years on earth, okay, we believe that same power is still available. He just took a different room. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he empowered you and I to operate on his behalf. Amen. That's why we, we believe that if you're saved, that the prayer of faith is unwavering. Whoa. Thank you well. Why? Because the stripes he took on his back. Amen. As you stand with us. Amen. Amen. I'll close giving you this example and you can read it from yourself. It's found in the book of Zechariah 3, 1 through 3. Joshua was the high priest. He represents the people. God gives him a vision. Now, he sent, Zechariah sent to the remnant to a group of people who are trying to rebuild what the enemy had destroyed. And he was sent to encourage the people. And the walls were not built. The temple was half built. The people were rubbish was in the street. You know the story. And God said, hey, Zach, I need you to go there and encourage those folks. And you know, here's, God gives him a vision. Here's what he sees. The Bible says that Joshua, as the high priest, he's standing in heaven's court. And the adversary is there, the accuser of the brethren. And the adversary says, hey, 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 hey. And the Bible says the angel is there, the Lord, representing symbolically 
of God, Christ. So you have Joshua, the high priest, represents all people. You have the accuser of the brethren, Satan. You have the angel of the Lord. And Joshua is dressed, the Bible says, in filthy clothes. Filthy clothes. The high priest is supposed to be dressed with dignity and honor. Right? He has a special wardrobe. But he's standing before, he is supposed to give encouragement to those people. And he's standing, and this is what he feels like. He's standing before the throne of God, and he's filthy rag. He, 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 how's he going to encourage the people when he, he sees himself in filthy rags? And the adversary is saying, hey, he's not fit. He's not fit. Look at him. He represents all your people. Your people have worshipped other gods. The reason why that they were in captivity is because they worshipped other gods and they didn't obey your word. He says, and look at him. He's wearing filthy clothes. That filthy word does not mean, okay, just, you know, grass and mud. No, you know what it means? It means covered with human waste and urine. That is how far men decay. Yeah. Oh, yes. I'll, I can show you articles. Men left of their base nature. And so he's standing there. And the adversary says, look, man, you're going to send him to that group of people? Representing? So they have, notice what happens? The angel symbolically, God says, he says, Satan, I rebuke you. Zechariah 3, if you get it. He says, Satan, right in heaven's court, he stands up. Joshua is in a place that, it, that it's just terrible. And, 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 but the advocate stands up. His defense attorney, he says, Satan, I rebuke you. He says, this is a brand plucked out of the fire. Yeah. And I love Jerusalem. Yeah. Representing all my people. And watch now. Watch what happens though. Is the defense attorney walks up and becomes the judge. <clears throat> and the judge says, well, we'll fix this. Oh, adversary. Says, Take away the filthy clothes. <laughs> because I have caused. Because I have caused. Thine iniquity. To pass from thee. And I will clothe thee. With change. Praise God. There's another scripture. For the cliff for more than that one. But he says, put a different set of clothes on him. Right. And then he says, and furthermore, put a turban on his head. You know what the front of that turban said on that high priest? Holiness to the Lord. Yes. 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 Wow. 
You understand? That is the way that when you are covered in the blood of Jesus Christ, Amen. that that is exactly the way that he sees you. Amen. You say, that's not even... I know. Naturally, it's impossible. But with God, His plan so perfect that He says, oh yes, it is. This is the way that I see my people. Those that I pluck out of the fire that have been obedient, that have taken the Come blood on, atonement amen. and water amen. baptism, that's exactly the way that I see them. All right. amen. And so if He sees me that way, can have boldness and assurance that in this life I've got unwavering faith. And it's going to take me to that place that we call heaven. before him who rebukes him. Praise God. If you have repentance in your heart, humility in your heart, the Lord rebukes your adversary right in the court of heaven's throne and says that is not the way that I see him. Then it leads us into the hall of faith. Praise God. Oh God. Right. Would you just, can I ask you just to bow your heads for just a moment? And we're going to pray, and I haven't done this for quite some time, but I'm going to ask you today that those that are, if you're here this morning, if you're here this morning, and you feel the unction of the Holy Ghost in your life, the presence of God in your life, that you need to overcome, you need to improve, you need to raise a level of your faith. Would you, just for a moment with your eyes closed, would you just simply raise your hand and would help me to understand Possibly those that I can help pray for, not just here at church, but down through the weekends. You know, that's, that's what it's all about. And I believe that faith can be built, it can be developed, it can be improved. somebody was here this morning and your faith level was at 211 degrees and somehow, some way, you could put it up a notch. What would happen? I'll tell you what would happen. 
your Holy Ghost would reach a flash point Amen. and you would catch on fire. Come on. You would boil Heavenly Father, we're so very thankful for your goodness and your mercy this morning. We praise you because you are all, all of the book, beginning to end. We pray, Lord, this morning that you would help us individually, as a church body, our visitors, whatever our relationship is with you, that you would help us to increase God and develop our faith. Not just for our sake, but for the salvation of those around us. We're asking, Lord, if there be some here this morning who never experienced baptism in the name of Jesus Christ, I ask that you would touch their mind, their heart, open their understanding as to the scriptures, Lord, that beyond doubt are available and are a necessity for the new birth experience. And we'll always give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're here this morning and you'd like to come, spend a couple of minutes in prayer. If you have a need this morning, you need a miracle, you need a healing, if you need anything in your life, we believe that God can do whatever it is that you would ask him to do this Thank you. 